This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Germany's Defence Minister Boris Pistorius said that the 14 Leopard tanks it has promised to Ukraine will arrive in late March, early April. America is also sending 31 Abrams tanks. President Joe Biden announced a $400 million package that includes eight M88 recovery vehicles, which can tow the Abrams. Germany's move, taken after much dithering, allows Poland and other countries to export their German-made leopards. Ukraine is now hoping the West gives it fighter jets, but Olaf Scholz, Germany's chancellor, insisted that there is no chance of that happening. Meanwhile, Russia launched a mass air raid on Ukraine during the morning rush hour. Tesla reported net income of $3.7 billion in the final quarter of last year, up by 59% year-over-year, beating many analyst predictions. Revenues rose by 37% to $24.3 billion. Tesla's share price rose by more than 5% as its results were reported. The electric car company recorded a gross margin of 25.9%, down from the past few quarters, but still the envy of the auto industry. France recalled its ambassador to Burkina Faso a day after agreeing to withdraw troops from the country. 400 French troops are fighting an ongoing Islamist insurgency, but Burkina Faso's government says it wants to defend itself. France has also fallen out with other African allies. After more than nine years, in 2022 its soldiers left neighbouring Mali without having completed their mission. Opium production in Myanmar jumped to a nine-year high, reversing a downward trend, according to the UN. Production has roughly doubled from the previous year, when the military junta seized power, to nearly 795 metric tons in 2022. Opium poppy cultivation increased by a third, while the potential yield rose by 88%. Myanmar's civil war and COVID pandemic have put its frail economy in a tailspin. Toyota, Japan's biggest carmaker, announced that Koji Sato, its chief branding officer, will replace Akio Toyoda as president and chief executive from April 1st. Mr. Toyoda, who is the grandson of Toyota's founder and has presided over the firm for more than a decade, will become chairman. Mr. Sato will be charged with overseeing the company's transition to selling more electric vehicles. Meta said it would soon restore Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts, two years after suspending him from the social media platforms for stoking the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021. His risk to public safety has sufficiently receded, said the firm. Lawyers for America's former president, who is mounting a fourth run for office, had lobbied for his reinstatement. Facebook has previously been a valuable fundraising tool. Amsterdam, where 36% of all journeys are by bike, has long suffered from messy cycle parking taking up pedestrian spaces. The Dutch city is now encouraging them to store away bikes underwater. On Thursday, it opened a bike garage capable of holding 7,000 bikes under its central station. The project costs 60 million euros, equivalent to $65.3 million. And fact of the day. 12%. The proportion of Afghan women who said females are treated with respect and dignity in their country. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. America's economy stays strong for now. 
The American economy seems to have ended 2022 on a high note. Figures published on Thursday are expected to show that GDP in the final three months of the year expanded at an annualized rate of about 2.5%. That would mark America's second straight quarter of robust growth, defying predictions of a recession, at least for now. A rebound in consumption and resilient non-housing investment were probably the main drivers of the performance. Yet this could prove to be America's last strong GDP reading for a while. The Federal Reserve's aggressive tightening is beginning to make its impact felt. The housing market has gone cold, which will depress investment levels in the coming months. Higher interest rates are also crimping consumers' ability to borrow, which in turn is weighing on retail sales. GDP data is, by its nature, backward-looking. Forward-looking indicators are much less rosy. What ubiquitous guns means for America On Thursday, President Joe Biden will host a reception at the White House for the Lunar New Year. The festivities may be more somber than usual. On Saturday, a gunman killed 11 people in a dance hall during New Year's celebrations in Monterey Park, a largely Chinese-American suburb of Los Angeles. Two days later, another man murdered seven people, many of them immigrants, in Half Moon Bay, a city south of San Francisco. California has stricter gun laws than other states. Assault weapons are banned, background checks are required to purchase guns, and officials can confiscate them from people deemed dangerous. Such measures help. Gun deaths in California are 37% below the national average, but cannot prevent all attacks in a country where firearms are ubiquitous. State officials are pushing for more restrictions, and Mr. Biden has renewed calls for a national assault weapons ban. But lawmakers will have one eye trained on the Supreme Court, which has recently interpreted the right to bear arms expansively. A controversial holiday in Australia. Aussies traditionally celebrate Australia Day, January 26th, with beers and barbecues. In recent years, however, thousands have protested against it. The holiday divides Australians because it marks the landing of the first British settlers in 1788. For Aboriginals, who make up 4% of Australia's population, Australia Day marks the start of the murder and dispossession of their ancestors. Some call it Invasion Day and want to change the holiday's date. That now seems possible, even if it is some way off. The Labour government, led by Anthony Albanese, wants to change the Constitution to give Aboriginals a bigger say in policymaking. Mr. Albanese has already scrapped rules that mandate the holding of citizenship ceremonies on January 26th and is allowing civil servants to take another day off. Some big companies are doing the same. Conservatives bristle, but polls show that almost half of young Australians support changing the date. Sooner or later, Aussies will surely have their patriotic barbecues on a different day. No War Bounty for America's Arms Makers Russia's invasion of Ukraine has boosted military budgets across the West. America authorized a record annual defense budget 
of $858 billion in December. Strategic fears about China are contributing, too. Yet the American defense industry is not reporting bumper results. Lockheed Martin, the world's largest defense company, beat market expectations this week for fourth-quarter revenues, but yearly sales were lower than in 2021. On Thursday, Northrop Grumman, another big producer, expects its quarterly earnings per share to increase by 10% year-on-year and bounce back from three consecutive quarters of shrinking profits. But armsmakers are struggling to fully capitalize on the bellicose mood. The tight labor market has made it difficult to recruit staff. Brittle supply chains and rising prices have limited crucial weapons components, particularly the semiconductors needed for precision anti-tank missiles. At least manufacturers need not fear America's new Congress. Even the Republicans pushing to curtail the government's budget very rarely speak of cuts to defense spending. Bollywood's Biggest Star Returns The release of any film starring Shah Rukh Khan is a big event in India. To his fans, he is known as the King of Bollywood. But the build-up to Patan, which released this week, has been particularly feverish. The action thriller marks Mr. Khan's return to the big screen after a four-year hiatus, following several flops. It also comes as the Hindi film industry desperately seeks a box office hit to draw back audiences who have drifted into streaming platforms and South Indian films. But Mr. Khan also has his detractors. Many Hindi nationalists resent the Muslim actor's enduring popularity. Some want his new film banned over a musical number, Beshram Rang, Shameless Color, in which Mr. Khan's co-star dances briefly in a skimpy saffron bikini. The color is closely associated with Hinduism. But the hand-wringing may have helped the film. The song has been viewed 236 million times online, and early ticket sales suggest unprecedented public demand. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which zodiac sign covers those people born between April 20th and May 20th? Wednesday. Which kids' TV show featured International Rescue, an organization run by the Tracy family? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Edward Sapir who was born on this day in 1884. What fetters the mind and benumbs the spirit is ever the dogged acceptance of absolutes. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.